Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today is May the 8th, 2012. Boy, do I have a book for you guys. 800 pages. For a mere $75. And, of course, a year's subscription to KPFA. I'll tell you all about the book first, and then I'll harangue you to subscribe to this station. But, as you know, you can do that anytime. 1-800-439-5732 that's the number Philip's been telling you that for a long time. The book that I've got, well, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's kind of heavy to bring down here on the bus, all 800 pages. The book's called The Sky's the Limit, and it's all about the real trial of the 20th century. Uh, it's called The People versus UEP Newton, right? The author is Lisa Perlman, L-I-S-E, Lisa Perlman, spelled P-E-A-R-L, P-E-A-R-L Perlman, okay? Now, as I say, this is a tome. This book is much, much too big to cover in one little half hour. I did have a chance to sit down with the author, Lisa Perlman, And in a few minutes, we're going to hear just a few excerpts uh, from that interview. And then I'm going to save some of the interview for next week when we can play part two. And sooner or later, we're going to we're going to try, try to get an overview to this huge book. It's all about the history of justice in these United States. That, of course, is a college course. As a matter of fact, this will be a course um, at the Lifelong Learning, but I will let the author tell you all about that when it starts. Uh, Anyway, uh, as I said, this book is not just about the one trial. I have a card here from Lisa She said, thinking it over, she said, the last interview we do should probably, she said, should probably raise the question of whether the great trial of the 20th century should be the Angela Davis trial or the Newton trial. Uh, Of course, everybody has a theory about what was the great trial of the 20th century. Uh, She says that the Angela Davis trial raised the issues of sexism, racism, and political persecution. Naturally, what else is there? Anyway, 
this book comes in three parts, and I was the, the first part I read, of course, was about gender, which is uh, my favorite subject. Yes, uh, I'm afraid that you have to connect the dots. There's nothing that doesn't connect to all the other struggles. Uh, I particularly enjoyed the first part of this book in which the author skims around and she covers she covers so many trials. I tell you, the funniest one is called is about the murder of Stanford White. Do you remember a girl in the red velvet swing? Or is a movie called Ragtime? Mm, Norman Mailer played Stanford White. Anyway, that was a Lulu. I would call that the sex scandal trial of the 20th century. Oh. Uh, uh, the husband, the insane husband, shot the lover, Stanford White. Uh, uh, I was reading it at four this morning, and the funniest part is the bit where um, the husband, once having married uh, the young woman, the girl in the red velvet swing, um, Evelyn Nesbitt Shaw, Thaw, pardon me, Thaw, T-H-A-W, was her name once she had married. And he was so angry with her ex-lover that he looked at uh, her teeth and discovered that Stanford White had done all, had paid for all the dental work in Evelyn's mouth. So he had all the, um, the uh, bits, the, <laughs> I don't know what they were using in those days, uh, all the dental work, he had it removed and new stuff put in so that he could say he'd paid for his wife's dental work. I I think, yes, it's pure dementia. Um, at the end of that trial, the plea of insanity is based on something called Dementia Americana. I've underlined that. I'm going to use that. Uh, my cat's name is Dementia. I love it. Uh, oh, Dementia Americana. God knows we all know what that is about, boys and girls. I'm looking in the other room to see if my good, if my good engineer, Erica Bridgman, is in there. Have you got that tape ready to go, dear? Let's see how much of that little tape we can listen to. This is um, Jennifer Stone talking with Lisa Perlman about her book, The Sky's the Limit, all about the trial of Huey P. Newton and a bunch of other folks, the trials of the 20th century. Her husband read it. Uh, it's got a lot of information. My daughter said, I wish they taught history this way because it's focused on stories that really grab your attention and some real miscarriages of justice as well as some major achievements. I think of bringing a copy of the Black Panther newspaper into my classroom and I informed the principal who didn't like the idea that we were allowed to bring one copy of anything into the classroom but you know I got a stack at one point and uh, I think if you, it was a class set right you know it was just, I think there were 20 27 copies that's when you got into trouble but it it was a it was a fascinating time and I hope you know that you'll have a chance to at least get to the bookstore, take a look at this, and uh, uh, take it home with you. Uh, I have to get off the air now. Lisa Perlman's book is called The Sky's the Limit, United States History, African American Studies, Law. Uh, I could read you all these fabulous reviews. Um, 
And I could tell you all about the retired judge, Lisa Perlman. She lives in Oakland. But I don't have time to do that today. Maybe I can do a little more of that next Tuesday. Once again, it's Lisa Perlman, spelled P-E-A-R-L-M-A-N. And it's The Sky's the Limit from Regent Press. A great tome of a book that tells you an awful lot about what happened uh, in the middle, in the late, what is it, late? Mid, mid 20th century. Uh, you know, it's like that show, You Are There. Anybody, you know, anybody that you know, you can just look in the index and you'll find something, some wonderful goodie here. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on at the same time next Tuesday. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. File of the 20th century. And the reason it has two other parts is that I didn't want anyone to take my word for it. What I wanted was everyone to be refreshed or sometimes learn about other trials of the century. There were many over the course of the hundred years that were called a trial of the century. And each one is a prism into its own era and the issues that really mattered to people across country. So I wanted to put in context the Scopes trial, the O.J. Simpson trial, the Lindbergh trial, and other trials that you may have heard of, some you may not, but one that grabbed the attention of most people across country, whether it was in the first couple of decades when they only read the newspapers that were hawked by corner newsies, or in the 30s when they listened to it on the radio, or later on when people were glued a hundred million of them worldwide to the O.J. Simpson trial. (laughs) And so I wanted everyone to have a chapter piece to look at where I synthesized material that might have been the subject of two or three books or some movies or plays because each of these stories is a monumental story in in and of itself. And what I found was I think I've succeeded very well in convincing people who, despite its size, recognize that it might be something that they want on their shelf because they're interested in American history, they're interested in African-American studies, or just because they're interested in the 60s, whether they lived through it or whether they want to learn more about an era that they've heard so much about that was, I consider, a pivotal era of the century. This is an entire college course here. It's, uh, as you said, say there have been dozens of movies made already and uh i think probably hundreds of books uh a thousand stories uh, i'll be long dead before there's any any final a final uh, trying to say conclusion i don't think we ever come to conclusions about history or about racism but when i read your table of contents i thought my gosh you know uh maybe Maybe, in a way, it's kind of economical, but, you know, you have at least a dozen books right here in the contents. And I I, I like what you did. I like the way you wrapped Huey's trial in all the other trials. Uh, Let's see. My favorite would be the one about Stanford White and the girl in the red velvet swing. Very naughty. That was the uh, very first one hawked as a trial of the century. Oh, did what sex scandals since the Greeks. (laughs) You know, is there any end to it? But I don't know. Um, Let's face it, it gets people's attention. I spent uh, 
almost a year with Monica Lewinsky. Never mind, never mind. Erase that tape. <laughs> Let her go. Why, um, why do you think, well, I was just going to try to figure out why the focus on Huey, because, you know, as we know, he was not executed. He did not die. Uh, he kind of, what is that? He had kind of a tragic end, uh, uh, the, um, what do you call that, the anticlimactic nature of his death, um, kind of sad. Do you think it would have made sense? Do you think uh, Barack Obama would be in the White House today if Huey Newton had stayed in jail for the rest of his life? I don't think he would be, and that's in the last chapter of my book. But it, the outcome of a trial is really not determinative of whether it's considered a trial of the century. There was a debate on uh, television at the end of the century between the two top vote-getters uh, that NBC had polled, uh, and that was the Clinton impeachment trial, which was happening at the time, and the O.J. Simpson trial, neither of which resulted in a conviction of, of you know, so... Mm-hmm. Of, of the of the person who was uh, whose life was being examined um, before mm-hmm. the public, it just raised issues. Instead. It raised issues. I used the definition of uh, J. Anthony Lucas, who's a historian, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning historian, that you're looking for a trial that is a spectacular show trial, one uh, that. Um, causes the American public to uh, indulge in soul-searching, a very polarizing trial uh, where the stakes are nothing less than the soul of the American people. Psychodrama, right? It's got to be something that everyone, everyone uh, cares about. I think over and over again I hear people say they don't want uh, the trivial um, uh, focused on, and I, I, they usually mean that there's a girl involved. <laughs> it's called, you know, if, if there's anything naughty, if there's anything, I said sex and death are the two major subjects, and of course, sex is frivolous and death is serious. I think that's roughly the way the news sees it, you know. Well, there were some trials of the century that were preoccupied with celebrities being on trial and and looking into the skeletons in their closet. But there are others that I think raise much more serious issues. And the the Newton trial was one of those. I consider the issue of race the most significant issue of the 20th century. And so in that sense, the O.J. Simpson trial did it focus on racism in the justice system, but O.J. Simpson never took the stand. Huey Newton, the day he took the stand, they were breaking down the doors to come in, all the protesters and people who wanted to see him uh, uh, on the stand, and what he did was he put America on trial for 400 years of racism. That was part of his defense. Mm -hmm. So the jury got to consider issues that were much broader and much more divisive. It was at the time that the Vietnam War was polarizing people also and he was an icon of the war so of the anti-war movement so there was reason for people to support him uh, for political reasons and you had a huge division between the establishment and movement people between uh, the old left and the and the new left and the establishment and you also had the community black community behind him for the for what the panthers were pushing for politically Lisa Perlman is telling me about her book, The Sky's the Limit, uh, the real trial of the 20th century, the people versus Huey P. Newton. And 
when I started attacking this book and I haven't finished it yet I thought well there's too much in here I won't be able to get it all uh, but I see that there is a correlation there are threads and uh, you can do what we call connect the dots from beginning to end it's fascinating how that works uh, I think of the thousands of people who were there and who would give you uh, their side of things now Lisa says that the the great issue of the 20th century is the issue of race. I would throw in gender and we can say, you know, what percentage. Uh, but I wanted, what I did first was I went through and marked all the places where the issue of gender did come into um, play. I'm thinking of the ways in which women had such a difficult time being um, more than just the girlfriend, how they tried to play uh, leadership roles. Uh, I'm thinking, of course, of Faye Stender, who meant so much to so many and who died so sadly. She had to, I believe, she was in Japan. She had to commit suicide because she was disabled. Uh, at some point, uh, Hong I Kong. don't know. Could you, yeah, could you, oh, was it Hong Kong? Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you tell the story as best you know uh of face tender and what uh, you use the term the end of an era uh, a lot of people said that after Faye they had trouble relating to uh, the issue of uh, what would you call it racial justice uh, it's a David Horowitz and the folks um, who decided that um, that the Panthers were a destructive force. Well, it was Faye's story that I was initially interested in, and that's what I uh, actually researched first. And unfortunately, 20 years after her death, I could not interest a publisher in her story uh, by itself. And I thought that the trial that made her famous, which was sitting second chair in the Huey Newton trial in 1968, and then being the principal attorney who won his uh, release um, uh after winning the appeal, uh, that that trial must have um, been listed among the top trials of the century. And it was when I found out that it wasn't that I got the idea to rewrite um, the book that I was starting around the trial itself and then use that later on to tell her story more fully. Faye uh, was uh, a Berkeleyite. Uh, she was a classical um, uh, pianist uh, since a, a, pro a child prodigy, uh, but she got very interested in uh, movement issues uh, starting in college um, and was very much aware of the um, the McCarthy era and the excesses of the McCarthy era. And she got to uh, start working for Charles Gary, who was one of the uh, most famous leftist criminal lawyers of his era in, in, the, in the Bay Area. Uh, and Charles Gary wound up being chosen as the lead counsel for Huey Newton, which was how uh, Faye really got her start working with black radicals. She didn't just work with Huey Newton. She also worked with George Jackson, uh, the Soldad brothers, and was 
uh, amazing in the work she was able to do for George Jackson. Uh, in that case, it was just pretrial work. She got his case moved from Salinas, California, where all three of the Soldad brothers faced execution if they were convicted, and the expectation was there was no way to avoid it um, in Salinas, and got the trial moved to San Francisco, the first time in the history of Monterey County they had ever granted such a motion, and that was Faye's doing. She was phenomenal. Uh, so I'm looking forward to writing the rest of her story as well. But she also got disillusioned uh, with both Huey Newton and uh, the prisoners uh, who she worked with um, after she had worked on the Newton case. Yeah, if you had a screenplay in front of you, who would be your um, seven main characters besides, let's see, Charles Gary, uh, Doug Hill. I'm just trying to think. All of the people. Oh, no, 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 not Doug Hill. Uh, we have to cast. <laughs> uh, we have to cast. This. Yeah, but, no, I'm uh, kidding. Uh, but I, but what? Susan Sorrent. Who? Who? Well, no, she was young then. Well, one of the characters that I would definitely want profiled is David Harper, and David Harper was the foreman of the jury. And I, uh, I just wanted to go back a second and say that the issue of women's rights and women's issues it also plays a huge role in the Newton trial. Number one, you have Faye Stender sitting second chair and then the principal lawyer on appeal when mm-hmm. there were very few women doing any criminal law practice at the time. Mm-hmm. Number two, very few women nationwide sat on juries at that time, and this jury was a majority of women. At the end of Faye's life, she had uh, given most of her time to women's causes. She did, and Faye turned to women's causes. She was one of the co-founders of California Women Lawyers, and that's how I originally got interested in her story, because I was a board member later on, and we give an award out every year in her name. Yeah, I look forward. I I really think you should just start right out with the screenplay. Okay, with the screenplay. Well, anyway, Harper is an amazing person to include, because he was an African-American banker, Uh, who got chosen for the Newton jury and was the only African-American on the jury and turned out to be the foreman. And he played a pivotal role in convincing the jury to reach agreement, one that prevented, I think, Rodney King-type riots if there had been um, a first-degree murder conviction, if that had happened. Um, not only in Oakland, but across America. So, so heartbreaking. Those days I was over at the Woodrow Wilson Jr. Hired and then we're trying to talk to the young boys, middle school boys. They uh, suffered when Bobby Hutton died and uh, they argued um, Eldridge Cleaver and some of the Panthers stripped naked before they came out of the house. They were facing the Oakland police and... Uh, uh, they assumed they would be shot, so they stripped. Uh, and uh, some people said that Bobby Hutton refused to take off his all his clothes. And that's then... my understanding. It was just Eldridge Cleaver and Bobby Hutton hold up. The others had already been arrested. Mm-hmm. And, and the, Eldridge yeah. Cleaver had been in prison. He knew the drill. Uh, he did not mind stripping. Uh, and he walking out older. into the street. He yeah, was but older. little Bobby Hutton was, what, 17? 17. Bobby Hutton was 17, and mm-hmm. he came out clothed, and the police shot him and found out he was unarmed. His little kid sister was in one of my classes. I remember how gracious the people in the teacher's room were referring, well, so, so cruel uh, in those days. Uh, but, you know, I remember the little kids um, being embarrassed and giggling and saying they'd never take off their... <laughs> I said, nobody cares, dear, to see your little bottom. But what a heartbreaking time that was. And um, 
not just Faye, everybody got their heart broken, I think. But uh, I was going to ask you a lot of questions about Eldridge Cleaver, but... Okay, folks, I need to cut off that interview, and I'm very sorry to do so. I will pick it up where we left off next Tuesday, because we have... Uh, Oh, we've only done about one-tenth. <laughs> I tell you, uh, you know, uh, Huey Newton said you can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail the revolution. And as we know, it's still going on over there in the Occupy Wall Street movement. But that was 30, 40 years ago, folks. Now, the book we have today for a premium to KPFA, if you want to join KPFA and become a subscriber, you have to send us 75 big ones and you get a copy of The Sky's the Limit. The People versus Huey P. Newton. Is that the real trial of the 20th century? The thing about this book is that it's an 800-page tome all about the history of uh, justice in these United States. It's a college course of a book. And uh, I couldn't begin to tell you all the subjects she deals with. Uh, I could read you all the reviews, that kind of thing. Lisa Perlman is an ex-judge. Uh, she lives in Oakland. And uh, uh, she said she'd been working on this for 10 years, off and on. <laughs> you know, Everything is in here, folks. You just give me a name and I can look in the index and tell you all about them. There's a lot of talk about Faye Stender, Beverly Axelrod, all the people that so many of us uh, knew or thought we knew back in the day. Now, we have to ask you to call us up at KPFA, the number being 1-800-KPFA. Please, folks, we need you to donate and to subscribe to this station what is the number 1-800-439-5732 or if you're in the five and dime area code it's 510-848-5732 that's the one hey kpfa that's hey h-e-y uh oh you can also get uh one of my books, Telegraph Avenue Then, for a subscription of 50 bucks. If you're a little short on cash, you can get Jennifer's book, Telegraph Avenue Then, saved up a few copies for you. Uh, Telegraph Avenue Then is basically a memoir about the 60s. God bless the 60s. Did they ever go away? No, they didn't. <laughs> you can also get a T-shirt and a free bumper sticker. Is that what you've got? Uh, Veronica? Well, actually, <clears throat> pardon me, um, the T-shirt is $60, okay? <laughs> so, now the bumper sticker is free. Well, and and you'd be helping us by advertising KPFA. Could, do you believe that there are some people, Jennifer, who don't realize that we are here? So, not only are we here, but we're right uh, almost in the midst of our spring fun drive. And we invite you, I'm inviting you to contribute, to demonstrate your appreciation for Jennifer and all she does every Tuesday in this time slot. And obviously you're a listener because you're hearing my voice right now. So uh, Jennifer needs your support. The KPFA needs your support. And in supporting KPFA, you will be supporting Jennifer's wonderful um, ability to basically break it down, whatever book she's reading and to share her thoughts and wisdom and inspiration with you. What and the telephone number yes. to call 
It's 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. You know, Jennifer's a little shy. What really. else? And, what so, and, and somewhat retiring. So she did not let you know that the goal for this period of time is $3,000. It's nothing. We can do it with your help. We know you have it. Okay, telephone number 510-848-5732-1-800-439-5732. Would you please describe those thank you gifts, Jennifer, that you have for people? Thank you gifts would be, folks, the sky is the limit, which is a great big huge tome of a book for not just school teachers, but for people who like to know what the hell is going on and who were the people who gave a damn and what it cost them. Uh, history is a passion of mine, and the truth is it's the best, what is it? It's the best way to study uh, humanity, what do we call that? Literature is the story of love, folks, and there was a lot of love back in the day. I don't know what's happened to it all, but, you know, it's making a comeback, it's making a comeback once again. You can get another book for a mere 50 bucks. That's my book, Telegraph Avenue, then. Or you can just subscribe and get yourself a t shirt for 60 bucks. How's that for a bargain? Well, if you are a full on certified revisionist historian, I recommend you get both books, okay? Sky is the Limit for 75, <laughs> Telegraph Avenue, then $50. Tell them you want both. They'll make a deal for you in the phone room. I see one line lit over there. I don't know what's going on. It's been lit for a while, Jennifer. I don't know yeah. if people are getting therapy or what. Yeah. But why don't you be the next one to call Erico code 510 848 that's the 800 number and show Jennifer some love my gosh uh, she gives it her all every day and you know she doesn't even get, every weekend she doesn't even get paid we have we're almost down to the wire Jennifer I want to yes. see some people go to the phone Pick it up and call. If you're at home, pull. Uh, at, if you're driving, pull over. And if you're at home, pull over too. Okay. Five ten eight four eight five seven three two. There's one person on the line. There Yay! Goes. Thank you for stepping out. Yes. And one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two five ten eight four eight five seven three two. You can get this wonderful book, Telegraph Avenue, then. And now, and you have the opportunity of getting right here. Are you going to autograph it, Jennifer? I certainly am, but as Pauline Pauline Kale used to say, uh, more than a million words without me remuneration. Okay, so we're down to the wire. (laughs) Keep calling 510-848-5732-1800-439-5732. You're listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF 88.1 FM in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. Time for FS.